Isaiah chapter 9. We're continuing looking at this verse given 700 years before the birth of our Savior, Isaiah chapter 9. We've talked about that in uh, the introductory message a couple of weeks ago. And we're looking at Isaiah chapter 9, the four names given Jesus 700 years before he was ever born. And we're looking at the significance of each of those names, each one each week. And uh, I'll read the verse now. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Notice it says unto us. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. What a special verse of scripture this is. We looked last week at the mighty God. We looked at the doctrine of the incarnation, that God became man. He, be, he came to earth. We looked at John chapter 1, verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we looked at the fact that he's uh, the God in human form. We looked at the, the fact that he is the almighty God, is the all-powerful God. There's nothing too hard for him, and there's no situation that we're facing that's too hard for our God. We looked the first week at, uh, as we were looking at this, that he's the wonderful counselor. I, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what wisdom you need. The Bible says in the book of James, if we lack wisdom, let us ask of God. But did you know that there's no one ever needed to counsel God? but he's the wonderful counselor. Our Savior is the one we need to go to. Before we go to anybody else, we need to go to his word, find out what he has to say. He's the wonderful counselor. Today we're looking at the third one of those that he is called here the everlasting father. Very unusual that we would talk about the fatherliness of Jesus. He's called the Everlasting Father. Here we looked last week, we mentioned Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, where it tells us again, 700 years before it happened, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. It says, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, this is Mary, shall conceive, conceived of the Holy Spirit of God, bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which we found from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It says that his name shall be called Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. Here's the virgin born, son of God. As far as we know from scripture, don't believe he was ever married, never had any earthly children. I'm glad today that I'm one of his children today. We became children by faith in Jesus Christ, the book of Galatians says. Here he is, the virgin-born son of God called the everlasting father. In John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus said, I and my father are one. I and my father are one. We cannot really get our, our heads wrapped around the concept of the Trinity. I won't understand it all down here, but I'm glad I'm going to understand it all up there. The ministry of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit, three different ministries, but one essence in God, the God himself. I'm very thankful for that. I'm glad for John chapter 14 and verse 8, where Philip saith unto him, unto Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us, or it'll satisfy us if you'll just show us the Father. And Jesus said unto him, he said this, Have I not been so long with you, and hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. If you've seen me, he says, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. So now he's called, 700 years before his birth, he's called the everlasting Father. In the Old Testament, often a king would be called the Father of the people. Here Jesus is the Father, he's the ruler of all, he's the one one day that we'll stand before, in judgment, somebody says, well, I'm going to stand before God the Father. No, you'll stand before Jesus because judgment has been given into his hands. And we will stand before him one day. We will stand before Jesus who is God in the flesh. John chapter 1, we looked at last week. And verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He's God. He's God Almighty. He's the Word made flesh. God made flesh, and we talked about that last week in the incarnation, uh, talking about he's the mighty God. And then this father is not just father, but he's called here the everlasting father. He rules over all. He rules in eternity. This everlasting father, I wrote down some things that God the Father does. We could mention it. We'd be here all day long talking about what God does uh, as a a father and what Jesus does as our, our representative of the Father. He comforts us. He is a father to the fatherless. We have some children that we know that their daddy is, they don't even know who their daddy is. They used to be that when we had vacation Bible school, the very first question on the card when you registered people in Bible school 40 years ago was, what is your father's name? I can't tell you in all the years of Bible school how that has changed so much when you register a child for Bible school now. Many of them don't know who to put down for their father. I know someone that's the father to the fatherless. He is the God of heaven. And Psalm 68 tells us about that. Notice with me 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Beginning in, in verse 10, it says... 1 Thessalonians 2.10, you're witnesses in God also how holily and justly and blamably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. It's a great ministry verse here. Verse 11, and you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged. We, we directed each one of you. We counseled each one of you as a father doth his children that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom 
and glory. Jesus, the everlasting Father, is the one who comforts us. He tenderly cares for us. After my wife, first wife, passed away, I remember a, a group that came in and they were singing and they said, Pastor, I know you're going to be sitting on the front row. And it was just a couple of weeks after we'd had the funeral. And uh, they said, we, uh, we have a song that we'd like to sing. And they sang that song that says, oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. That's hymn number 243 in our hymn book. We're not going to sing it today. But I'm glad that there's a father who cares. I'm glad there's a Savior, Jesus, who tenderly cares. Then I'm thankful that his presence is with us. We're never alone. He said, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. Dr. Comfort told me that years ago he worked up on a rooftop uh, in a job that he had. He couldn't stand heights at all. He said, the Bible said, lo, I'm with you always. Barbara and I, we, we, uh, Linda and I, Barbara and I flew a lot of times. We flew a lot of places. Linda and I have flown in, in airplanes, uh, but now we don't really care as much for flying. It's a big hassle to fly and all the things now. And then you, they, you, they tell you all the horror stories and you see all the planes that land like this and all of that. And, and I just said, Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. Not high, I'm with you always. But can I tell you something? I'm glad that God is with us. One of the most Googled verses in the Bible that people look up is Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will help thee. I'll strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm very glad that our God is with us. His presence is there. He's our Father who is with us. He's the one who guides us. We looked at uh, the first message on this verse. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the one that can direct our steps. We're praying for many of you that are praying for things that are going on in your own life that God will direct your steps. Uh, our students, several of them are gone now. You notice we don't believe in the partial rapture. That's why some people are, are not here today. Several of our, our students are gone home for the holidays. And I'm praying for many of them, the next steps for them. I'm praying for them uh, as they minister to family, some of them unsaved family that they'll be with. But I'm glad that there's a, a father who guides. He's the one who provides guidance for us. He's also a father who loves us. I think Josh has shared this with us before a song uh, several weeks ago. There was a great theologian that uh, had written many books about theology. He was toward the end of his life and asked, what was the greatest lesson you've learned? And he used great big words. I mean, I, I don't know big words. I, I, 
When I, I don't even know how to spell mayonnaise. When, I, when she tells me I've got to pick up some, I just put mayo, M-A-Y-O. That's what I put. I don't know how to spell mayonnaise. But he knew a lot of big words and had written great theology books. And I asked him, what's the greatest thing you've learned? He said, the greatest thing I've learned is Jesus loves me. This I know. Oh, the Bible tells me so. I'm glad for a father who loves us. Notice with me. Psalm 103. Psalm 103. There are people here today that grew up in families where they never were told that by anybody that somebody loved them. I'm glad for a father who loves me. An everlasting father. Psalm 103, verse 13. Says, like a father pitieth or has compassion upon his children. So the Lord pitieth or has compassion on them that fear him. I've got a God who loves me. God who loves me. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. Then he says this, as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. That's John 13, 34, and 35. And he loves us with an everlasting love, never quits. He never stops loving us. Matter of fact, I can't do anything that will cause God not to love me or to cause him to love me more or less. If he loves me with an infinite love, it can't be changed. Notice with me John chapter 17. In this prayer, many people call the prayer of Matthew chapter 6, our Father which art in heaven. Notice how he starts that, our Father. We call that sometimes the Lord's Prayer, but actually it's the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer of our Lord. In John chapter 17, notice what he says. Verse, beginning in verse 24, John 17, verse 24. Father, here's Jesus speaking. He says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou gavest me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, here he is, Jesus praying. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. The Bible tells us that the love of God has been shed abroad, Romans tells us, by the Holy Spirit of God. God gives us in our heart when we're saved a love to love people that we've never been able to love before. People that we say, how in the world could we love somebody like that? Only through Christ. And a Father who loves us, who's compassionate toward us. He's also a providing Father. 
a good father provides for his children. Remember when we were kids, we would always uh, think that even if our daddy wasn't too hot, we would make sure that all the friends thought that he was. That there was anything da daddy could, there was, he, he could do everything. You ought to see the way my daddy can shoot a shotgun. I mean, my daddy can shoot a shotgun better than your daddy can shoot a shotgun. And you could just tell stories back and forth. I can just remember times myself of telling things about, about my dad. And my dad became even a greater dad when he trusted Jesus at 51 years of age. But uh, I, 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 my father can. Well, my dad passed away in 1997. But I can tell you, I can say about my father, my heavenly father can. He can. Matter of fact, he's provided in so many different ways for you and for me. You've heard me say this before. The Bible says that he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He may decide to give it to us one hamburger at a time, but he still owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My father provides for his children. Our Jesus provides for us. And then sometimes as a father, he has to discipline us. He does it because he loves us as a father does his children. By the way, my father, my human father, never did understand what time out was. <laughs> never did. My mama never. My mama never knew time out either. She never knew it existed. She'd pick up a shoe or a, a brush, break a brush handle on or, or tell me to go out in the yard and pick the switch that she was going to use on me. How many of you had parents like that? Yeah, yeah. That's why you're in church today, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes he disciplines us because he loves us. Proverbs 3.12, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. My he disciplines us because he loves us. He's the one that provides for us. He does love us with an everlasting love. He guides our steps. He'll never leave us. He tenderly cares for us. And he's a God of comfort. I called Kevin Byer on the phone. I'd never met him before. Kevin went to Ambassador. He's been in Australia for many years. I called him this week on the phone. Joanna had given me his number and said, Pastor, uh, I said, I want to call him because he's lost a wife in ministry. I did too. And I talked to him on the phone and he's the first thing he said. He said, Brother, thank you for calling. He said, I have learned that 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says that God is the God of all comfort and God is going to provide that comfort. And he said, he's already helping me to men that I have met during the treatment process that I've been able to call and offer them the God of all comfort as well. Amen. Our Father comforts us. He is the everlasting Father. Not only is He the Father, but he's, it says here that He is the everlasting or the eternal Father. We call, call it the doctrine of the eternality of God. 
He'll, he's always existed, and he always will. Alexander McLaren said in his commentary on Isaiah, he said, dying men need an undying Christ. Dying men need an undying Christ. A Savior who came as a babe in a manger, lived a perfect life, died upon a cruel cross, shed his blood for our sin, rose again the third day, amen. He ascended to heaven, and today he's seated at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for us. An undying Christ. He is the everlasting Father. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 63, Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 16. The last part of that verse, B as we would say it, 63B, the last part of the verse. says, Thou, O Lord, art our Father, our Redeemer, and Thy name is from everlasting. Thy name is from everlasting. He's always been, and he always will be. Six, Isaiah 64 and verse 8, just on the same page for me. 64, 8. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay, and thou art our potter. And we all are the work of thy hand. Our God. He is everlasting. Our Savior, Jesus, is called the everlasting Father. We sang a song, Always the Same, as our fellowship song. How many of you today, when you sang Always the Same, that was the first time you had ever sung that little chorus? Any of you? Always the Same. Aren't you glad that Jesus is always the same? Our God never changes. Matter of fact, Malachi uh, tells us in Chapter 3 and verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Our God doesn't change. He is eternally the same. James chapter 1 and verse 17, a verse that we are reminded of, and sometimes we'll tell our, our grandchildren when they get gifts at Christmas time, they'll always tell you what they want. I don't know why they tell it to grandparents. If you ever see a, a, an older man standing up and he's got kids gathered around him and he's handing out money, he's a grandfather. He's a grandfather. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's the everlasting Father. From eternity past to eternity future, He's the same. Hebrews tells us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, He was present at creation, by the way. Jesus didn't come just in the manger. That wasn't the first time there was a son of God. 
Jesus has existed eternity past too. He just came from heaven, left heaven's glories and came down to earth to be born in the manger as a human being to identify with us. It says in Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. He, Jesus was present at creation. He was present back there. He's always existed. Brother Lester Roloff, uh, he, uh, the last time I heard him preach was at Johnny Pope's church. He, Johnny had a, a Sunday school building. It was the Saturday before he died on Tuesday. Brother Roloff died in the plane crash years ago. And so I went to that service. I'd just gone to Houston to start a church, and I went to that service to, uh, Brother Roloff was preaching. It was the dedication service of a new Sunday school building that Brother Johnny Pope had in he preached in that message. He, he talked about the, that how on the radios that they use down in, and there at the, at the homes there in the city of refuge and the lighthouse and Rebecca home and Corpus Christi that they'd use these radios back then and they were always ended with 10-4, a big 10-4. So he said, Bro, I'm going to preach today on the 10-4s of the Bible. So he preached on Romans 10-4, 1 Corinthians 10-4 and all the 10-4s of the Bible. Today, I'm going to give you two good one-eighths. They're not ten-fours, but they're one-eighths. And I want you to mark these in your Bible because it tells us about the everlasting Father, who Jesus, who is God. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, tell me, preacher, a good verse to use on the deity of Jesus Christ. This Hebrews 1-8 is a good one. But unto the Son, notice, but unto the Son, he saith, thy throne, O God. Here's the Father calling his Son, God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. He's the everlasting Father. And then Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And it's also verse 8. Revelation 1.8. Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. First letter of the Greek alphabet, last letter. I am the beginning, he said, and I'm the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Why? He's the everlasting Father. He's the everlasting Father. Well, what is this everlasting Father? What is, what is in it for me? In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, another verse we often use at Christmas time. I don't have plans this time to preach on Galatians chapter 4. But Galatians chapter 4, it says in verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come, by the way, God always does things on time, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because we're sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. Abba, a term of endearment, we would say like daddy. Abba, Father. And it says in verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. 
And I thought of Onesimus uh, and when I read that verse. You're no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I now, because he's my everlasting father, I can have a personal relationship with him. He's provided a personal relationship for me. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I can become a part of God's family. We love here, and you for years have sung as a fellowship song, the family of God. I am now a part of God's family because he's the everlasting father, everlasting father. I heard about a child this week when someone asked him, son, do you know God? He said, no, I don't. He said, would you like to? He said, yes. And he said, I'm going to introduce him by introducing you to Jesus. Why? I can know God. I can have a personal relationship with him through his son who is called the everlasting father. That relationship is possible with this everlasting father. And you say, well, preacher, I don't know. I, I never had a real good relationship with my father. This fatherhood of God transcends all other fathers. All, he's the primary relationship that has to do with fathers. It doesn't have anything to do with how good your relationship was with your father. You can have a relationship with the perfect father. Jesus himself, the everlasting father. No longer a, a religion but a relationship. There was a fellow, an accountant this week. We were gathered together with some uh, six couples met Friday night for a, a Christmas get-together. And a guy, I had never heard his testimony before, but he gave a testimony raised in Roman Catholic, Catholic schools and, and how that uh, his wife got saved through a vacation Bible school ministry in Independent Baptist Church. He, uh, he didn't get saved for about seven or eight more years but then uh, the preacher wrote him a letter and said, look, your wife is coming to church. Two of your children have been saved and been baptized. When are you coming to Jesus? He wrote him at Christmas time. I wrote him that letter. He said that letter worked on him all night long, all night long. And he said right there, he said, I already knew I'd been to church there. It'd given me tracks. He said, I got on my knees that night in my own home and trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. He said, before I had religion, all kinds of formalism, but I found a personal relationship in Jesus. Jesus, the everlasting Father. You and I can know the everlasting Father. We can know the wonderful Counselor. We can know the mighty God. And next week we'll talk about the Prince of Peace. We can know him through Christ. If you're here today and you don't know him, Today would be the greatest day to put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. In the 1800s, there was a man born in 1838, George Wade Robinson. He was a young man when he died, 37 years of age. He was a poet. He was a, a preacher in Ireland and in England. He wrote a song, and when I was studying for this message, I said, this fits perfectly and we're not going to sing it but I want to read some words to it and so if you'll take your hymn book and turn with me to 618 
618. I thought of this song when I was thinking of my relationship possible through my everlasting father. Sometimes the song in some hymn books is entitled Loved with Everlasting Love. But in our hymn book, it's I am his. I'm his and he is mine. He's my everlasting father. Loved with everlasting love. Led by grace that love to know. Spirit breathing from above, thou hast taught me it is so. Oh, this full and perfect peace. Oh, this transport all divine and a love which cannot cease. I am his and he is mine. The last verse says, his forever, only his. Who the Lord and me shall part, no one. And oh, what a rest of bliss. Christ can fill the loving heart. Heaven, earth may fade and flee. Firstborn light and gloom decline. But while God and I shall be, as long as God lasts and I have eternal life, I'm going to be his and he is mine. That is made possible through Christ, the everlasting father. Let's bow. Father, we thank you today that our Savior is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God, but he's the everlasting Father. Lord, help us not to picture in any way a good or bad relationship with our earthly Father, but help us to see God the Father and the one who said, Jesus, who said, I and my Father are one. Lord, I pray if there's one here today without Jesus, that today they'd come to know him. And I pray, Father, for those of us that know Christ, this Christmas season, help us to more and more appreciate the incarnation. God became man. Help us to appreciate the fact that he came to the manger so that one day he could go to the cross. And because of that, I'm his and he is mine. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.